gentlemen to episode number 39 of let's go racing with david Starr. tyler jones here with you so glad to have you with us coming up on today's show we will look ahead to this weekend's race at talladega break down the nascar playoff picture and also get to our news and notes segment coming up later on as well as our ask david segment at the end of today's show as always we are presented by whataburger don't forget that every whataburger is made fresh served hot and prepared just like like you like it want jalapenos and cheese on that no problem they've got you covered Waterburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day david Starr joins us right now david how we doing my friend man i'm doing great man good to see you guys uh, i've been with dominic this past weekend but um great fun weekend at las vegas a lot of excitement and the atmosphere there i mean always the entertainment capital of the world and uh man i'm i'm doing great a little tired from this past weekend and a busy day today but all in all it's all good buddy how you doing tyler i'm doing well 21st place finish at las vegas how did it feel to get in the race car and to be running around that track at uh, las vegas motor speedway that's a fun place isn't it man it was awesome man you know no practice there and uh you know the race started our, our crab shack toyota supra was uh was uh trying to remember we're really tight there uh first first run uh uh and adjusted on the race car and i was still kind of tight i actually lost a lap uh but the uh the caution came out and uh we put on a set of stickers made some adjustments and i was able to get the lucky dog i got the lucky dog a couple times but we were making our race car, making great adjustments. And uh, man, I really thought we had a 15, 16 place car. And uh, man, the business side of it got in the way. The last 30, 40 laps, uh, you know, it's uh, most people don't understand this, but we put on a used set of tires and it pretty much took us out of the race. You know, uh, when we bolted on a used set of Goodyear radios on our race car. So, uh, but all in all, we, we had a solid run, 21st finish. I, uh, you know, 21st really didn't indicate how good my race car was early on, you know, and throughout the middle of the race and towards the end of the race. But that last pit stop where we put on a, another set of tires and, and unfortunately uh, the business side got in the way and, and we had to use a used set of tires and it, it, uh, we probably lost four or five, six spots when that happened and, and my car really drove completely different than what had been driving the whole race. And, uh, but you know, that happens, man, just sometimes you're racing on a budget and sometimes your racing team under the circumstances, will have to use a used set of tires and, uh, it hurt us, ended up hurting us, but all in all good solid run for our team. Dominic Aragon of the RacingExperts.com joins us as well. Dom, you got the chance to hang out with David all weekend. What was that like, him having to put up with you? Oh, I know. I was like a bad itch. He just couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> now, we had a good time out there in Las Vegas. Kind of happened at the last minute. But we had our team of three out there, Felice Hill and Frank Romero. We had a great race weekend with coverage. Jonathan Field helped us cover remotely. And, yeah, we got – man, even – Tyler, I got to tell you, even David chauffeured us to our car in the infield. So that was oh. pretty cool to say we were chauffeured by a NASCAR driver. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that says a lot right there. I've been driven around by David too. You know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't back it down. What people don't know about David is that when he hops into a street vehicle, 
I mean, he's going just as fast. You know, the, the cops, they just can't, you know, catch up with David. Hey, I don't know if there's any truth to that, but hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, got to a... meet Dominic's new girlfriend, man. What a sweet, beautiful young lady. You know, that was kind of a uh, – I didn't get to spend a lot of time with her, but, man, what a, what a pleasant, pretty inside-and-out person, man. Good job, Dominic. Good job, buddy. <laughs> Yeah. I appreciate that, Dave. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to to show her what I'm trying to do here and and make a living in this crazy sport we all have a lot of passion for. And she helped me a lot with administrative duties this weekend at the track. And yeah, I'll even tell you guys, we were kind of picking winners and stuff. I said, "Who do you think is going to win on Sunday?" And she goes, "I think Danny Hamlin's going to win on Sunday." And, hey, she's one for one. She's batting a thousand, so she really lived up to the name, racing expert. Well, I like that's, it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Man. Well, that's a good place to start today's show. No guests, just the three of us today. And we're going to catch up on where we're at in this playoff picture, kind of break things down a bit. Denny Hamlin gets to victory lane for the second time in the NASCAR playoffs. He entered the playoffs with no wins, was second in points, led most of the regular season in the point standings. And now we've seen Joe Gibbs racing, kick it into gear. He's not the only Joe Gibbs car that's won in the playoffs either. Martin Truex also has a playoff win. David, Denny Hamlin, we knew that it wasn't a matter of him not being able to, not being capable of getting to victory lane, that he was getting the most out of his cars. They just weren't getting the results they would have liked. Now we're starting to see this all come together here. This team is getting hot at the right time. and. I mean, it looks like even with them not getting to victory lane in the regular season, the biggest threat right now to Kyle Larson in that championship crown has got to be Denny Hamlin. Man, I, I totally agree with you, and I think Dominic does too. Uh, you know, I'm not so sure. I mean, it's 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 interesting and intriguing to me. But, man, you know, just from when the playoffs started, I mean, that's when it's time to – to really lay out, lay it all out there, you know what I mean? And I'm not so sure the Gibbs organization, I, they might not have been showing everything they had, and they didn't need to. They were in the playoffs. They got to the playoffs or in the playoffs. Uh, but, man, just seeing how dominant and seeing the Hendrick organization and the Gibbs, you know, those are the two, two teams, I think, that are fighting for this championship, Denny Hamlin, or Kyle Larson, and we might be surprised by a, another driver out of those two organizations. But, man, you just, uh, you know, just watching how the regular season played out and seeing how the Gibbs cars, they were up there, but they didn't dominate. You know what I mean? They didn't, you know, not like they're, not like they're doing in, in the playoffs. And I'm not so sure if they didn't plan it that way. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just amazing how strong the Gibbs organization is. And, you know, obviously. So you're Gibbs, saying, David, that they may have been holding something back. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't have, I, I don't know. This is just my personal opinion. But, man, when the playoffs started, man, the Gibbs organization, the Gibbs cars, they came alive. I mean, you know, you look at Martin Truex Jr., you look at Kyle Busch, you look at Christopher Bell. I mean, all four of those cars are fast every week, especially in the playoff times. And, but you look at the Hendrick organization, and I looked up one time, and Dominic's seen it, 
you know, Kyle Larson was leading and, you know, you had the 48 and the 24. And, and I think there were four uh, Hendrick cars first through fourth at one point in time. But, man, I, I really it looks like to me that it's either going to be a Gibbs. It's going to be a Gibbs organization or a Hendrick Motorsports car that will win the championship because it looks like those two teams are really fighting Newton, uh, you know, with everything they have for the championship to me. That's what I see. And, and you know, not surprised by how good the, the, the Hendrick cars are uh, because we've seen so much speed and so much dominance throughout the regular season. What is surprising to me is, man, when the playoffs started, how the Gibbs organization, how they have stepped up, you know. And, you know, I, I really like to hear y'all's opinion, but my, my personal opinion is, is maybe they were holding something back. I don't know that for a fact, but man, it just seems like like somebody swift you know, flipped a switch. You know what I'm saying? What's y'all's opinion? Well, Dave, I think you bring up a great point. Tyler, you kind of brought this up before the playoffs started, and I just keep going back to maybe it was episode 35 or episode 36. If we're going to look at any kind of guy that would go out on a breakout run, the two names I remember you mentioning were Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin. I mean, these are guys that had won 17 races. over. And the I'd focus specifically on Hamlin, too. That was the guy exactly. I said, if anyone's going to have a Tony Stewart 2011-like yep. run, you can go back and check the tape. I said it on this program, it's Denny Hamlin, that he's capable of doing it, and he's showing that right now. We're only a few races in. He's got two wins. What's to stop Denny from getting two or three more wins down this stretch? I think we've gotten to the point, Dominic, in this playoff. It feels like, and things could change, obviously, mm -hmm. but at this moment, this feels like a two-man showdown. It feels like it's Kyle Larson versus Denny Hamlin. I would bet those two teams – are looking at what each other's doing and looking to compete head-to-head -head with each other. Of course, it's a Final Four. Anyone can win it on that final race. I get that. But this feels like a two-man competition right now, Dominic. It absolutely does. Ever since the playoffs have started, we've seen Kyle Larson and Danny Hamm duking out at Darlington. Same thing with Richmond and Bristol and this past weekend in Las Vegas. Who were the two guys that led the most laps? But if it was Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin, you're right. It's like a two-man race right now. And Danny Hamlin's the only guy that's safe entering Talladega, right? He's the only guy that we know for sure has a spot in the round of eight. And I think Kyle Busch had said it in that post-race media availability. You walk out of Talladega with a 12th place finish with no stage points, that's like a win because you just have no idea what you're going to get this upcoming weekend. Yeah. What about you, David? Are you sensing that? Does it feel like to you it's Larson versus Hamlin, or do you think this thing is still open for another team or two to compete? Well, up to this point, it seems like it is Larson against Hamlin. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, let's I, – I, you can almost guarantee those two guys are going to be in the final four, you know. Let's not forget, like Dominic was just saying, or, or you were, Tyler, that, you know, it comes down to Phoenix International Raceway, the, the last race of the playoff. And, you know, I mean, you could have a Chase Elliott or a Kyle Busch or Mark Truex, whoever those Final Four are. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I mean, we're all talking about Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson, but they will be two other drivers. It might be from the same organization that uh, that uh, Denny Hamlin and uh, and True and um, Larson. Larson are driving for. But uh, but man, right now, man, I, I totally agree with you guys that it just feels like it's a two man race for the 2021 Cup Championship, you know. But uh, but hey, you know, y'all know as well as I do. Come down to that last last race, 
all you got to, you know, you just got to beat, you know, whoever's the final four or you just got to beat three of them, you know. So uh, it's going to be well, interesting to see. And the thing I look at, guys, too, is throughout this season, we've been talking about Kyle Larson as the guy and leading the way and such. He's been the team to beat. But the playoffs, since this has started, Denny Hamlin's been better than Kyle Larson a little bit. Not by much, but just enough. I would say that, and maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. I mean, you could call me that if you wish. But I would say right now, the flip has script. If you made me pick who's the favorite to win the championship right now, David, I put my money on Denny Hamlin over Kyle Larson at this very moment. Well, I, I agree with you. You know, just uh, since the playoffs has started, you know, uh, you know, since the playoffs has started, uh, it looks like Denny Hamlin is now the guy that I think everybody's chasing. Even Kyle Larson, you know what I mean? It's just, just you know, that's kind of the way it looks like to me. But, man, those guys are neck and neck. But I think, you know, the Gibbs organization and Denny Hamlin right now have an edge over the competition. So it's 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 interesting. And, uh, you know, we're going to Talladega. It's just moving forward. It's just it has everybody's attention. But, it, but man, I can just totally agree with both of you guys. It's a, a two-man show with – with uh, the Gibbs organization and Denny Hamlin having a slight edge over Kyle Larson and the Hendrick organization right now, to me it does. Well, you say you, Dominic, real quick, if you had to choose between Larson or Denny right now, who's the, who's your guy? I feel like Hamlin's the hot shoe, and you look at the last 10 races, too. Denny Hamlin has led laps in each of the last 10 races, and, and I know laps led's kind of one of those weird statistics, right, because you, you get more laps led at a short track compared to a road course, but you look at the 545 laps he's led just across the first four races of the playoffs. Guys that run with multiple wins each season are lucky to leave 500 laps in here. He's done that in four races. We still have six races left in this playoff. Yeah, I think Denny Hamlin has all the momentum right now. Yeah. I think you're right about that. So uh, certainly going to be something to follow. Uh, you know, those two leading the way, edges to Denny Hamlin, how, uh, as Michael Scott once said, uh, how the turntables uh, have come <laughs> at this point with Denny Hamlin now being uh, the favorite of sorts. So when you get past Hamlin and Larson, if you had to say a number three guy that is going to step up, Looking at what do we have? Six races left at this point. Um, who is the guy that is most likely to get in the way of Larson or Hamlin that could potentially crack that top three? That could be a contender to to, to ultimately pull it off with that Phoenix race. What say you, Dominic? Who's another guy that could that is in the biggest that'll be the biggest driver in the way of Hamlin and Larson from a title? I don't think you can look past Chase Elliott. And what he that phenomenal run he went on the round of eight last year. And you look at the upcoming race this weekend, it's the Chase Elliott Invitational at the Charlotte Roval. So Chase Elliott's going to probably be in really good shape. I'm sorry, two weeks from now. Talladega coming this weekend, too. And we know he's a talented super speedway racer. And you look at that round of eight, you go Kansas, you go Texas, those mile and a half tracks where these drivers cut their teeth. Chase Elliott's a really good driver, as well as Martinsville, too, with that walk-off win last year. I feel like it's shaping up for Chase Elliott to have another kind of run like we saw last year where he went on that title run in 2020 and had phenomenal runs throughout the playoffs. What are you thinking on that, Dave? Man, I'm kind of, I, I want to agree with you. And I'm just sitting here thinking of it. And a couple of names that came to mind, I, I would say, uh, you know, 
definitely uh, Chase Elliott. Another name that popped up in my head was uh, Kyle Busch, you know, and uh, and then the third name would be Martin Truex Jr. So, I mean, you know, you're talking, you know, uh, you know, two, two Gibbs organization drivers and a Hendrick guy, you know what I mean? But I think, Dominic, I totally agree with you that I think that third guy is going to be Chase Elliott. You know, you just look at what he did last year and the races we're coming up to. I think Chase Elliott will be one of those final four, uh, uh, you know, right now from what I've seen so far, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and then I, I don't know. You know, you talk about a fourth person, you know, Truex. Um, you know, I've been impressed with him. And, and Kyle Busch is starting to show some speed as well. And, you know, those, the Gibbs organization is very impressive right now, you know. And yeah. uh, I just think it's going to come down to the Gibbs organization or Hendrick Motorsports, you know, uh, all four cars at the end of the season. It's kind of what I'm, what I'm seeing. Yeah, well, and, and uh, Chase Elliott, uh, back to your point, Dominic, was not running great at this time last year when he went on that role of winning all those elimination races in route to the championship. So, it's not too late to flip that switch and get hot here with the last few weeks remaining. Kyle, uh, Chase Elliott showed that last year. It could very well be done again. Now let's talk about the playoff, uh, what we're looking at here as far as the bubble goes. At this point in time, heading into this weekend at Talladega, Brad Keselowski is the last driver in the playoff, four points ahead. Joey Logano, six points ahead. Chase Elliott, 22 ahead. Ryan Blaney, 24 ahead. Truex, 31. Kyle Busch, 35. Larson in good shape at 57 above. Behind them, William Byron is four points out. Kevin Harvick, seven points out. Alex Bowman, 13 points out. Christopher Bell, 25 points out. Dominic, with that being said, if where the points shape out, there could be a whole shakeup this weekend. Nobody is safe, really, other than Kyle Larson when it comes to this uh this playoff bubble we could see this thing completely flip on its head by this when it's all said and done at Talladega absolutely and as we all know too Talladega there's always the recipe for the, the big one right was is the big one going to hit early in the race is it going to hit late in the race will it not hit like we saw in the 2018 race it's hard to say with Talladega and I go back to Kyle Busch's comments there post-race at Las Vegas he's just like wow if we can get out of there with a 12th place finish not even get any stage points you feel good because you have no idea what Talladega is going to bring. You look at that bubble, and like I look at somebody like Christopher Bell, right? We know he's a talented super speedway racer himself. I mean, he goes out and wins on Sunday. That just shakes up the entire playoff grid heading into that elimination race at the Roble. And Tyler, I mean, there's just so many good names below the bubble just for how points have fallen with playoff points this year and who's had more wins and who hasn't. I, I feel like Kevin Harvick is uncharted territory because usually this is a race where Harvick has won at so many more races at this point of the year, enters the Talladega race with a cushion. Now he's entering with a deficit. I, I feel like Kevin Harvick is going to be an interesting driver to watch on Sunday, especially since Rodney Childers is out and NASCAR announcing the penalty on Tuesday, on September 28th, that he would not be top of the pick box because of penalty from Las Vegas. Greg Zipidelli is stepping in. So I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to watch at Talladega this weekend, but the Kevin Harvick storyline really, really intrigues me because, again, this is not bad when you have – pretty much a Hall of Fame crew chief stepping in to fill in for you. We saw how that worked out last year for Chase Briscoe in the Xfinity Series when Greg Zipidelli stepped up to uh, fill that role. So I don't think that's a big concern going from 
uh, no, Rod no. needed the zippy at all. Uh, that might even be an upgrade, honestly, but uh, we'll see. Uh, David, as a driver, we, we mentioned some of these guys here that have done well, historically speaking, in Talladega. You're Brad Keselowski's, Chase Elliott's, Ryan Blaney's of sorts. If you're a driver that's in that playoff bubble heading into this weekend, are you excited and see this as an opportunity? Like, okay, Talladega, the great equalizer. There's a chance for us to get into the get a spot in the next round of the playoff. Or are you nervous as hell? Like, man, I just hope I don't wreck this car and that we'll be okay. What is the mindset of these drivers going into Talladega this weekend? Well, I think for the ones, you know, uh, you know, every I think they're nervous as hell, to be honest with you, just because. <laughs> It's Talladega, man. It's it's unknown, and uh, you know you're trying to figure out. You're trying to lead the thing. You want to be up in the, you know, near the top five uh, because that's a safe place being up near the front. But you know it's hard to sustain that at these super speedways where a lot of drafting's involved. And you know you could lay back and uh, you know then go make a run at it at the end. Uh, but you know, I mean, I think some of the drivers are going to be trying to get stage points. So, man, it's just, uh, you know, I think they're all very nervous, like you're talking about, but, uh, but you know, nervously aggressive, if that makes sense. Um, you know, and, and you know, it's just a, a crapshoot, man. It's hard to say, but it's going to be exciting. I, I believe there will be a shakeup when this thing ends on Sunday. I think we're going to see. You know, because anybody can win it, you know. And um, so the guys that are, you know, that we're talking about, it's amazing where Kevin Harvick is and where Brad Keselowski is. And, man, these guys are very capable of winning as super speedway races and have won their fair share. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, man. But I I can assure you that their teams and the drivers, they're nervous as hell. And they're trying to figure out, you know – how, I'm, I'm sure they're trying to figure out how they would like to see their race play out there. Do you be aggressive? Do you go to the front, run up front all day? Do you hang out in the back and go forward at the end? I mean, you know, I mean, there's really no safe place when it comes to Talladega, you know. Uh, and like Dominic was saying, man, you have a big one early on, uh, you know, and usually a big one takes out 10, 12, 13 cars. You know, you just don't – you, you want to give yourself a chance – to be there at the end. And if you're not there at the end, you didn't give yourself a chance, but there's still no guarantees if you're there at the end. I mean, so it's just a crapshoot Talladega is, but it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out and to see the guys that we're talking about, Brad Keselowski, uh, Kevin Harvick, the guys that are in dire, dire straits of having a great run or a win to guarantee them moving forward, you know? So, um, uh it's you know i i don't know man i'm i'm uh i wish i was one of those guys i wish i was nervous as hell and and i you know what a what a great place to be but uh but there's a lot at stake and uh you know and and nobody really knows how nobody knows how it's going to play out you know and only really safe guys that's in the race i guess is uh you know denny hamlin you know he's he's safe he's the only one safe really and Maybe Kyle Larson with with the way the points are right now, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe those two guys are in safe haven. You know, they're they're safe for the weekend, uh, Talladega. But you're looking at everybody else, man. It, it could have a big uh, effect on the way the points line up when we get done at Talladega. Sure, can Dave, and I think you can really give us this racer's perspective here too, because 
like Martin Truex Jr., for example, he had said at the end of the race at Vegas, he was, oh, I'm going fishing this week. I'm relaxing. I'm not too worried. But when the cameras are off, Dave, and these drivers are just, they have their thoughts to themselves. We know a lot of these drivers eat, breathe, and sleep the sport, especially with a big playoff race like this and, and the chance of what can happen, all these factors at Talladega. How much is a driver thinking about this during the week? Maybe at the grocery store, even like going to bed. How much is this race on your mind as a racer? Well, man, you can't, you, we eat, sleep and live what we do. I mean, you, you can't help but think about it. You know what I mean? And, and hearing what Truex said, he's going fishing, he's doing this, he's doing that. He's just trying to, trying to find some peace. You know what I mean? Some relaxation somewhat, man, because man, when they left Las Vegas, only thing was on their mind is, man, how are we going to do at Talladega? What do we need to do? I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you drive yourself crazy you know, anticipating how the race, how you, your team and yourself need to run the race, you know, and, and I can understand Truex trying to find him a, a lake or a pond or the ocean to, to go get on the boat and try to relax because, man, I tell you, once you show up at that racetrack, man, it, the intensity is incredible, you know what I mean? And for, for those who don't think it's not, I mean, man, they're, it's uh, every one of those people in the top 12, except Denny Hamlin and maybe Cal Larson. I mean, there's a lot at stake. And, I mean, this race could can definitely put four of these guys out of the – out of the, moving on into the – you know, moving on to the next round, that's for sure. You know? Well, one thing I, I want to know, David, from your perspective, you got Kyle Busch 35 above the cutoff, and you go all the way to 12th, and you're Christopher, Christopher Bell – is 25 points below. Does a guy like Christopher Bell race this any different than what Kyle Busch does? If you're towards the bottom there, like Bell is, or Alex Bowman, do you try to be more aggressive or do you still try to relax of some sorts? What, what's the strategy involved here? Would you, If you were in those shoes, if you were towards the bottom, would you look to run a more aggressive race? Man, I think you guys got a good point, you know, and and uh, we don't know what their mindsets are, but I would I would just think that you know Christopher Bell has nothing to lose, Alex Bowman has nothing to lose, and I think those guys' mind, mindset is I think they'll they'll collaborate with their organization, with their race teams, with the crew chiefs, and and you know and and they'll say, hey guys, we just we just got to go for it. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to run up front all day. And hopefully the racing gods are in our favor for this race, you know. But, you know, there's there's Kevin Harvey. There's some guys back there. They don't have anything to lose, you know. Uh, Christopher Bell being 25 points behind, you know, he almost needs the win here at Talladega to advance. Wouldn't you yeah. all agree with that? Mm -hmm. You know, so, much, man, yeah. he, he has nothing to lose. So I would think that him, you know, he I would think uh, Christopher Bell has less pressure on him, you know what I mean, than – than others just because of where he, how many, the deficit that he has to make up, you know? And, uh, man, he's going to go out there and be aggressive, fight for it, and try to get try to get his uh, number 20, whatever sponsor he has for Talladega in victory lane, you know? And, and you can't blame him, you know what I mean? So that's kind of the mindset of some of those guys that are that are trailing, you know, 12th, 11th, 10th. You, you have nothing to lose. Go for it. But if you're a Kyle Busch or – 
some of those other guys that are kind of safe for right now, you you just want to get like like Dominic was saying, Kyle Bush said, hey, we can get out of there top 12, top 15. You know, we're going to sustain. It's going to be a great race for us and we can do that. So, you know, I, I just think those guys that are towards the back of that 12, top 12, they, they have nothing to lose and they're going to be going for it. All right. A uh, couple more things, then we'll uh, move on here. David, for you. I know you love super speedway racing. Big opportunity for you guys in Carl Long Motorsports to compete with some of the best names out there. You had a good run at Talladega earlier this year, too. Tell us about your expectations, what you're excited about, about racing at Talladega here. Man, you know, for a team like Carl Long Motorsports, MBM Motorsports, and, and Johnny Davis, and there's a lot of other teams. You know, there's a lot of teams out there compete week in and week out that aren't your powerhouse mega million dollar teams organizations you know we're just you know we, we we're blessed with the partners and the sponsors we have and the budgets we race on are are you know are 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 really to me is, is amazing that we can race as good as we do with the type of budgets we have but when we go to daytona and talladega it gives us a shot uh to 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 win and to run good, to have a great finish and to, and to maybe win the race, you know, and it's just the draft, the draft is a great equalizer. And I love it because I'm equal, I'm equal to, you know, Justin Argyle, you know, I'm, I'm equal to a, uh, you know, to our front runners in the Xfinity series. When we go to Daytona and Talladega, you know, I, I feel like I'm driving a Hendrick car. You know what I mean? Just because of the, because of what the draft does, it equal it equals the playing field. And man, I'm going and and I know what my strategy is. You know, I tr I try to use that same strategy at every super speedway I run, and I try to give myself and and my team a chance to be there at the end. Because you know, if we're not there at the end, it doesn't matter. You know, but. And I don't mind wrecking on lap with two to go or the last lap if I'm in a wrecked and a wreck with one lap to go or on the final lap. I'm okay with that because I put ourselves in a in a position to be able to try to win, and I'm good with that. And what I hate and and you know and and that's why Talladega is such a crapshoot. Is man, if the big one happens on lap forty and you're involved in it, you're like, man, I'm. I mean. I didn't even get halfway through the race, and here I am sitting in the infield, you know? Right. And Who cares so, about stage points? Right. Absolutely. It's all about, for me, it's all about being there at the end and doing whatever I got to do to make sure that, that I give myself and, and my racing team and my sponsors an opportunity at the end. If we flip over, have a bad wreck on the final lap, I'm okay with that, but I gave ourselves an opportunity, an opportunity to, to try to win or have a great finish. And, man, that's kind of my mindset. All right. Let's let's uh, let's pick some winners here real quick for the cup race. Dominic, give me one name real quick. One name. I'm going to go Denny Hamlin getting it done at Talladega. Nothing to lose. That's dangerous, right? No pressure. Can go all out. Denny Hamlin gets it done at Talladega. I'll go with Ryan Blaney. He's run really well at Talladega over the years. And not too long ago, he was racing real hot going into the playoffs. I'm looking out for that 12 car to uh, bounce back, get to victory lane, uh, and uh, get another win on the year. David, who do you like on Sunday? Man, I'm stepping way out there just because I've been impressed with him the last, you know, three, four races. Kevin Harvick. <laughs> I mean, they showed some speed. and They're uh, close. They're close. You know, just, um, you know, uh, you know, the awesome race and the, all the controversy that we had at, at Bristol, which is great for the sport. 
uh, but Kevin was there, you know, and then uh, he's had some great runs. You can see that Stuart Haas organization creeping up on it. I don't know if they have, you know, if they're creeping enough up on it to be a player in this championship for 2021. But, but you know, I feel like that Kevin has nothing to lose and he'll be a player in the race on Sunday. And I'm going to go with Kevin Harvick. Okay, so there you have it. That's our uh, NASCAR picks for this week. We'll go ahead and uh, move on now. Time for our news and notes segment in just one second. But before we do, let's go ahead and get a quick plug for our friends at Whataburger. Just a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fix anytime, day or night at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. Dominic, what is going on in the racing world today? Well, we kind of touched on it earlier. We'll go quick hit through some of these headlines. Rodney Childers suspended from the four teams. So we have Kevin Harvick and Greg Zipidelli teaming up at Talladega. And I, I like what Bob Pockers, who works for Fox Sports, had to say about it. Well, you just got to make sure you pit with your manufacturers during a green flag pit stop. And you just hope for the best atop the pit box. So Greg Zipidelli atop the pit box this weekend with Kevin Harvick. And the other headline, just kind of looking at the cup entry list and combing through that. Some drivers that we will see in the field. 40 cars on the entry list. You're going to see included on that Garrett Smithley in the 15, Justin Haley in the 16, Landon Castle in the 96, and oh yeah, Justin Allgaier in the Spire Motorsports 77 entry with brand sponsorship. You know, David, we've already seen an Xfinity regular get a win in 2021, that being A.J. Allmendinger at Indianapolis. Justin Haley's won in the Cup Series before. Allgaier's a decent plate racer. I mean, uh, who knows? Maybe one of these uh, Xfinity regulars is going to be competing up front uh, come Sunday afternoon. I'm sure as an Xfinity guy like yourself would love to see that. Man, no, no doubt about it. The opportunity is there. You know, the opportunity is there. And you look at what Michael McDowell went in the Daytona 500, you know, you could see a Ryan Priest or, or, or a Ryan Newman. I mean, you know, there's everybody's capable. Everybody in that race on Sunday, in that cup race at Talladega on Sunday, are capable of winning a super speedway race. And man, I'm just, I'm excited to watch it and see. But, you know, the, up until this point, man, when you're, when you're look, looking at top five, top eight, top 10, uh, at Vegas, you know, you're looking at the guys that are running up front. It always comes down, if you're looking at it, it's usually those championship contenders, you know. And uh, I think it'd be kind of cool uh, to see a non-contender win the race at Talladega. I think that'd be kind of a neat thing, you know. And uh, But I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we all have our picks who we think is going to win the race. But, man, it's a crapshoot, you know what I mean? That's, what's, that's what makes it exciting and and the anticipation of all of it. And, uh, man, I'm going to be glued in to, to watching all of it. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to be watching the race. It's going to be exciting, no doubt about it. Yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. Uh, Dominic, what else we got? That's it as far as the NASCAR headlines. Just kind of let, me, let me throw in one more thing uh, sure. along those same lines. Uh, I believe we're likely to see Josh Berry again in the one car. We don't know that officially yet. But, David, I want to get your perspective on that. How about the year Josh Berry's had? Part-time, we knew that uh, Junior was such a fan of his for what he had done in the late models for such a long time that he had talent. He's certainly taken advantage of this opportunity, getting into victory lane. He's been rewarded with that full-time ride next year. Obviously, we wish 
nothing but the best for Michael Annette for him to get healthy. We'd like to see him back on track soon. But I'm so excited for Josh Berry to see him get to uh, victory lane like he has. Tell us about Josh Berry from your perspective, David. Man, I, 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 I love Josh Berry. I, I don't know him that well, but I love his story, you know. And and I and I see Josh Berry in the garage. I see him working with his team. I'm watching him on the racetrack. He's a true hardcore old school racer. You know what I mean? He's good. And I'm glad that the opportunities that 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 been presented to him. And it's cool to see a guy that doesn't come from a family that has plenty of wealth to build him to get him where he needs to be in racing. He's earned his way and his ability and his talent, his skill set has put him where he's at, you know, and, and, you know, and, and getting a break to drive for junior motorsports uh, on the late model, uh, you know, in the late model, super late model series, he obviously took advantage of that opportunity. And uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. gave him an opportunity to put him in the Bush Series. And, man, he's a visit, he has visited Victory Lane twice. To me, it's very refreshing to see Josh Berry doing what he's doing. And uh, it, it just gives the racers around the United States hope that, hey, man, you're a true hardcore racer. I'm really good. I'm a great driver. And it gives hope for the – of the other great racers around the country that are racing at a short track somewhere. Hey, I just need that one opportunity and you never know how it's going to come, but it's good to see somebody make it and be successful on their ability. And that's Josh Berry. And I love his story. I love what he's doing. And when he had opportunities to substitute uh, for Michael Annette, who's an awesome race car driver, he gets in that number one car and puts in victory lane. And, hey, man, they didn't give that race to him. If you remember, at the start of that race, there was a big pileup, a big wreck that I barely escaped through it. He sustained some damage. You know, it wasn't like that he was scot-free. I mean, he had some damage in his team. They had to go to work and repair the car. And to see what he did behind the wheel and how his team – uh, jump through adversity to get the car back to where he needed and to end up in victory lane. I mean, it's a great story, you know, but Josh Berry, since he's been put, you know, that since Dell Earnhardt Jr. has given him that opportunity, man, it's what he's done with it and how he's ran with it and the success he has. It's, it's a beautiful story to me. I love it. Dominic, uh, you can make a case. Josh Berry is the story of the year at NASCAR. One of the best uh, out there. What a, what a run it's been. Uh, I mean, good, it's good to see good guys do well like that. Oh, absolutely. The Martinsville winner. If I recall correctly, and you two can correct me wrong if, if I'm getting the details wrong, but I mean, like you said, Tyler, he went up through that late, late model development program through JR Motorsports. He was really big in the sim racing scene. I think he was working like a nine to five, like as a, as a bank teller, I think in Virginia and kind of just did racing on the side and just things kind of took off for him. And absolutely. What a great, great 2021 for him that win in Martinsville certainly put his name even more on the map and I think kind of created a good problem for Dale Earnhardt Jr. to have is in whoa we can't let Josh Berry go here yeah yeah it's awesome to see uh we'll get to our Ask David segment in just one moment but first stop by Whataburger for a hot and hot a breakfast any morning or late at night they're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m to 11 a.m proud to serve a hot and fresh 24 hours a day what a burger all right uh time for our Ask 
David segment, we ask you to submit questions to us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. And our first question, this one, it comes in the inbox from Bobby. And Bobby wants to know for David, 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 David. Hey, Tyler, I lost you a little bit. Ask me that question again. Okay. The question's from Bobby. It says, uh, Bobby wants to know, hey, David, you remind me of Hank Hill. Have you ever seen the show King of the Hill? I never have, man. <laughs> I've never seen the show King of the Hill, so I don't really know what who that character, who that actor is. But, yeah, I have no clue. But I, I guess that's a compliment, uh, is it? <laughs> well, well, Hank was, uh, to give a little context, uh, Hank Hill, he's a, a character from Texas, from the, the fictional town Arlen, Texas. And uh, he works for a propane company, and he sells propane and propane accessories. And uh, his wife is uh, supposed to be uh, a substitute teacher, and uh, it's a great show. I mean, D Dominic, uh, I mean, I know David hasn't seen it, but I, I can see that resemblance. I would say it, it reminds me of, uh, of, Hank, of Hank. I can't. I got a chuckle after you read back that question because I could totally see it. I've probably seen maybe 10 or 12 episodes of King of the Hill. Not much. I'm not the biggest King of the Hill fan, but I could totally see it. That's totally a compliment, Dave. That's a compliment from Bobby. So what you're trying to say is I need to watch I need to watch this show, obviously. You yeah. would love this show. You would. Man, guys, y'all know me, man. I don't I don't sit in front of a television much, man. I <laughs> this show is is Texas through and through. Is it? Yeah. They even have some NASCAR episodes. Uh Dale Sr. guest starred and Jeff Gordon did too. Oh man, that's pretty awesome. I'll tell you, after the season's over with, I, I need to catch up on that. Be one of the shows I'll I'll watch and uh I appreciate Bobby. You know, I appreciate the compliments there, Bobby. Cool. <laughs> All right. The uh, next question that we have for you, this one, uh, it comes to us from Rick. And Rick writes in on the email inbox, David, what do you like to eat before a race? You know, man, that, that's, a, that's a great question. And, and a lot of my crew chiefs I've had over the years, one of my, uh, even though, man, I'm a, if they had water burgers all over the country, you know, I would, I would, you know, I'm, I'm a hamburger. I love my hamburgers, no doubt about it. But, uh, seems like over the years, the night before I race anywhere, I find a local Olive Garden and, and I love, I love Italian. You're going to attest to this. This I is mean, true. Absolutely. You know, very and, true. Uh, that was just always a great place to go sit down, relax, eat some good Italian food. Uh, with my crew chief and, and, and some of my team members to kind of go over the day's practice, how the car ran, uh, the changes we made, and kind of uh, talk about the race and our strategy. You know, it was just, you know, a lot of times I see my crew chiefs that, that I've worked with in the past, you know, they they always said, hey, man, we need, we need to make a special trip back to Olive Garden. Like they they kind of mess it, you know what I mean? But, but that's kind of uh, if I had to choose – uh, where I've been over the years, uh, the night before we race, it's always been pretty much 80% an olive garden, you know, Italian food. Man, we've, uh, we've been to Olive Garden with David, uh, multiple times, Dominic. 
We sure have. Oh, man. That, that first time Homestead 2019, though, it was a lot of fun. We had our whole crew there after the championship race. And Man, Dave, I don't know if you remember, I had endless pasta. That was so good. Like two or three servings of that endless bottomless pasta. Man, good call. Man. Oh, I'm, I'm getting hungry for it right now. <laughs> you know, I uh, you know, I don't crave it like I once did. I, I crave, you know, I got to not talk too loud. But, man, I, uh, you know, I just, man, I love Ever since I was a kid in Houston, man, I'm, I'm just addicted to hamburgers. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, I think a lot, I'm not the only one out there, but man, nothing beats a, a, a freaking good hamburger from Whataburger. You know what I mean? Sure. I just, uh, I had one today for lunch and I'm probably going to have one tomorrow for lunch, you know, but, uh, but anyway, over the years, uh, you know, Italian food at the Olive Garden was always my restaurant of choice the night before we before we raced and uh you know i don't crave it like i once did but it's uh it's still very delicious and a place i, I visit frequently <laughs> whenever <laughs> i go to the olive garden i usually send david and dominic a text of a picture of that the olive garden and i always get a response from david every time like oh that looks good you know or something <laughs> to the effect i'll i'll add this point and uh D dominic wasn't there for this one but he'll appreciate the story one time I went to the Olive Garden with David and uh, he asked them, it wasn't even on the menu. He said, hey, can you get me a Dr. Pepper and ice cream and make it a float? Can I have a Dr. Pepper float at the Olive Garden? And they did it. And he had a custom made Dr. Pepper float at the uh, Olive Garden. That is 100% true. Well, I, you know, I think um, they probably, we've probably been there once or twice over, over the years, you know, <laughs> You know, and uh, here's the hey, Dr. Man, Pepper guy coming in again. Yeah, hey, that's a uh, that's a that's great customer service right there. You know what I mean? And and one thing about you know, it's, it's not a place where you're going to have a Dr. Pepper float. So it was nice of them to go out there and, and go out of their way to to accommodate me at that time we were there, Tyler. But uh, but man, that's why you know it doesn't get much better than Waterburger, dude. The shakes they have, the Dr. Pepper shakes that they had for a while, and just their regular chocolate shakes and vanilla shakes, man, whoo, man, I just, uh, man, I'm craving it right now. It's making me hungry, you know. But, uh, oh, but yeah, man, when, I'm, I'm gonna just, see you. I'm gonna see you boys here in a couple of weeks, and I'll be honest, uh, I'm just as excited to get the Waterburger as I am to see you guys. So, absolutely, man, now, absolutely. Now, Dominic, uh, same question to you. What do you like to eat? before a race besides the free media meal oh yeah and see that's the thing they've got his prime rib at the las vegas motor speed you guys you did too david they had prime rib for the media the working media so besides that no i you know i kind of echo off what david said i mean i got asked as a kid a lot like if you could have food that you could have every day and not get tired of what are the things and there's three things i think of there's chinese food pinto beans and burgers. I can eat a burger every single day. So I'm, I'm all game for a good burger. And man, I'm kind of with you there too, Dave. If there's a water burger nearby. I'm stopping there multiple times during the race weekend. Absolutely, man. I don't. I don't share this with my wife too much. You know what I mean? But there's lots of days where you know where it's multiple times. You know, I have lunch at Waterburger. I have dinner there, <laughs> and uh, you know and. What she doesn't know won't hurt her. You know what I mean? But uh, and you uh, order the same thing every time too. Man, I'm a creature of habit. Y'all know me. You know what I mean? You know what I order, and man, I just I love it. You know, you find something 
you love just you know i'm just i'm miss i'm made that way i don't like change and i like the same thing so it's it's a wonderful thing you know what i mean so uh there's nothing better than a great hamburger that's for sure <laughs> oh man that's uh fantastic guys we gotta go it's been a fun show as always subscribe to let's go racing with david star on apple spotify google Podcasts, also on youtube hit that like button leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all and we are also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and by email, davidstarpodcast at gmail.com. Before we wrap up, uh, David, real quick, what do the next few days look like for you, man? Man, just uh, getting ready for Talladega. I was uh, at the racetrack, Texas Motor Speedway today. I uh, had a busy day with a, uh, one of our new partners uh, that, that's joined up with us uh, for the Texas Cup race coming up. And uh Tomorrow, I have uh, a meeting tomorrow, one meeting tomorrow. Going to catch up with the little uh, working at my desk, some emails and stuff like that, paying some bills. And uh, and then uh, Friday, uh, Thursday, uh, be on my way to Talladega. So uh, I'm always, you know, always excited to go looking forward to each race weekend. But, man, you know, you get back from your race weekend on Sunday night or Monday morning, and man, you cram a lot of stuff in a short period of time. Then you're back on the road. But uh, but it's been a, a short week here uh, in Dallas, Texas, for me. And uh, but it's been a fun week, and I'm looking forward to getting to Talladega just to see how our race plays out and to see what happens on the Cup side. It's gonna be gonna be exciting. How about you, Dominic? Yeah, I'll be here. I'm staying in New Mexico. I won't be going to Talladega this weekend, but. Definitely be watching from New Mexico, and Jonathan Phil and I will continue to cover our cover the sport on on the website. And man, what a what a fun weekend in Vegas, man! Just coming off the, the highs of that trip, a great great time out there. And yeah, looking forward to, to seeing you all in Kansas here in a few weeks. Yeah, and uh, that's a good time to tell the folks that uh, we're going to have a couple live shows coming up uh, down the home stretch of this playoff run. We're going to be on the road at Texas Motor Speedway coming up on Sunday, October 17th. We'll be live uh, shortly after the Texas race, which David will be running in. And then the week following, we'll be live from Kansas Speedway, another race that David's running in. We'll do a show from uh, Kansas Speedway there on the 24th. So those shows will be streamed on YouTube and Facebook and such, those streaming platforms. We'll bring those shows to you live. Uh, and we'll still have the podcast later on that you can – check out if you missed the live show but uh we'll be excited to bring those to you when uh, that comes about here in a couple weeks so what's the rest of your week look like buddy so uh i'm about to be on the road quite a bit the next few days uh meeting up with some family in uh, manhattan kansas see uh, oklahoma and kansas state play a nice good old big 12 football game Absolutely. and uh then uh in a couple days headed out to la i'm gonna go to the uh, raiders and chargers game and do some business out there so It'll be a good time. First time I've had an NFL college football doubleheader in a while uh, since COVID hit. So I'm looking forward to that, being out in L.A., a little Jones takes L.A. action and uh, having a great time. So uh, next week's guest, by the way, uh, we're pleased to, to announce. We can go ahead and tell you. It's uh, going to be Matt Humphrey with the NASCAR Communications. Uh, he was the uh, longtime director of PR for NASCAR and is now overseeing the West uh, region tracks and uh, he's got some great stories to share he worked alongside jimmy johnson for a long time and such so we'll look forward to that coming up on next week's show gotta put the checkered flag out on this edition of let's go racing with david star for david dominic i'm tyler jones thanks so long 
This has been another edition of Let's Go Racing. We'll see you next week.